Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Friday, June 2nd. On this date in 1981, believe it or not, that was 42 years ago, Nintendo released the Japanese video arcade game Donkey Kong. When the game first premiered, players were introduced to the giant ape who kidnaps a damsel in distress, the girlfriend of the hero, Mario. Do you know the name of that damsel in distress? I'll have that answer coming up. But first, let's see what Mother Nature has in mind for your Friday and for your weekend forecast over at the Live 5 First Alert Weather Desk. And good Friday morning to you. Meteorologist Joey Sovat here. Just a few clouds as you head outside early today, starting out in the 60s. We'll go to near 80 degrees by lunchtime, up in the low to mid 80s for highs. Inland this afternoon, 70s at the beaches, partly to mostly cloudy with a small chance of rain, 20% chance or less today, tomorrow as well. Tomorrow, a little warmer at 86. Then a little cooler around 80 on Sunday. Cold front comes through Saturday night, probably without much in the way of rainfall. But we will see a few more clouds on Sunday. Not as warm around 80. And then next week, warming back up 84 Monday, near 90 by Tuesday. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast. Powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. It's about a week after making the official campaign announcement, a presidential hopeful is making a stop in the low country today. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis will be in Bluffton for a meet and greet later this morning. Nick Reagan is following the campaign and joins us now. So, Nick, what's the governor likely to tell voters? Good morning. Yeah, good morning, Katie. And as you know, South Carolina voters, they're going to be absolutely crucial in determining which of the Republican candidates in that crowded field are going to make it to Super Tuesday and which ones will need to drop out after those first couple of primary contests. Now, to that end, DeSantis is likely to try and convince voters that his approach in Florida should be the roadmap for the rest of the country. This will technically be his first campaign stop in South Carolina as a presidential candidate, though he was here in April promoting his book ahead of his campaign launch. While former President Donald Trump is the heavy favorite to win the Republican nomination, DeSantis is not without his supporters. He's already locked up a pair of endorsements from state lawmakers. Dorchester County Representative Gary Brewer and Somerville Rep. Chris Murphy are backing DeSantis and have been tapped to be part of his South Carolina leadership team. Now, Murphy says the state is going to be important to the Florida governor, and if Murphy has his way, DeSantis will be visiting the Tri-County often. This country has lost its moral compass, and he is the exact person at the exact right time. And I believe once you listen to Governor DeSantis and you learn more about Governor DeSantis, that he will win South Carolina, he will win the Republican primary next year, and he will be the next president of the United States. I am confident in that. Of course, Democrats have already denounced DeSantis's visit. They are planning a press conference in Colombia to attack his record on abortion, immigration, and health care. That will happen at 10 a.m. Now, DeSantis has a total of three stops in the state today. He'll be at Bluffton at 9, Lexington at noon, and Greenville at 6 o'clock. And, Katie, one last thing. Uh, DeSantis's wife will be on the campaign trail with him and is expected to speak at those events. In the newsroom, Nick Reagan, Live 5 News. South Carolina Highway Patrol is investigating a crash that killed one and sent two others to the hospital. It happened last night around 1015 on South Carolina Highway 707 and Old Kings Highway. Troopers say a driver was heading east on Old Kings Highway when it crashed into another car after failing to yield. 
The driver of that first car was taken to the hospital where they died. Troopers say two people in the other car were taken to the hospital as well. The nearly year-long discussion over the Colleton County School District Superintendent has come to a close. Just last night, the School District Board voted to approve Dr. Valerie Cave's letter of resignation. Our Molly McBride breaks down how the night unfolded. After the board returned from just over three hours of executive session, they announced they would be accepting Dr. Valerie Cave's resignation. It's not clear at this time whether Dr. Cave gave her resignation yesterday or whether the board just voted on it yesterday. What is clear is that Dr. Cave was not in attendance. Before the board's announcement, several people gave public comment, the majority of which were in support of Dr. Cave. Except one. I feel as though the superintendent has not done anything for our schools besides spend thousands of dollars on morals and portraits. The only thing I've seen of her to do her the only thing I've seen or heard of her doing was Operation Cougar Nation, which was only which only lasted a month tops. It seems like she comes into the schools to take a few pictures of herself and then she right back out. I see her interacting with children, I see her talking with children. And unlike what the young lady said, I see a very big difference in our schools and what is happening in our schools and kids are coming up and they're being excited about it. My granddaughter is graduating on Saturday. She's very disheartened that Dr. Cave may possibly not be there. Shortly after public comments ended, the board moved to executive session. And when they returned, board member Daryl Irwin made a motion to accept Dr. Cave's resignation. Four board members voted to accept her resignation, including Daryl Irwin, Sharon Whitkin, Craig Stivender, and Lynn Strobel. Charles Murdoch, Mary Jones, and Patricia Simmons all voted against the motion. After the motion to accept her resignation passed, they voted to name Jessica Williams as active superintendent, and she made an impromptu speech in front of the board. I just want to publicly thank Dr. Cave as well for the work that she's done and for the lessons that she's taught me um, to be a brave leader and to be a leader who promotes change and who promotes transformation. And I believe that she has been that for our district. There was no indication from the board on when or if the search for a new superintendent would begin. Reporting in Colleton County, Molly McBride, Live 5 News. School board member Daryl Irwin issued the following statement. The board has accepted Dr. Uh, Cave's resignation. We wish her the best of luck as she continues her future endeavors. A further statement will be issued at a later date. The superintendent of Charleston County Schools is alleging a school board member has made defamatory, slanderous, and libelous posts on social media. In a letter obtained exclusively by Live 5, Don Kennedy accuses Keith Grabowski of posting in a Moms for Liberty Facebook group about the search for a new superintendent. Grabowski called the search long and extensive. However, Kennedy says the search process essentially took less than three months to complete. Kennedy also accuses Grabowski of being difficult to work with and ruining the district's budget through his refusal of meeting with staff to better understand the budget. The school board has previously voted to not adopt a new budget for next school year until their questions are answered. Grabowski has not responded to a request for comment, but in a letter to other board members, he said he's not going to respond to Kennedy. The Monk's Corner Police Department has made an arrest in connection to a deadly motorcycle crash. Police have charged 19-year-old Jaden Hood in connection with that crash. 
Among the several charges he's facing include uh, felony DUI. Police say that crash happened on Highway 52 near Oakley Road when Hood forced a motorcycle off the road and caused the motorcyclist to be thrown from the bike. The motorcyclist, Robert Ingram, died at the scene. An attorney representing Hood released a statement saying, we are saddened by the death of Mr. Ingram and offer our deepest sympathies to all that loved him and respected him. Law enforcement is in, the, is in possession of breath results and other evidence that tell a different story of the tragic accident that occurred. This is not a DUI case, and law enforcement is aware of this. It's alarming that any law enforcement agency would bring these charges, provided what they knew at the time of the arrest. The military and other emergency responders are participating in the largest mass casualty drill in South Carolina. It's called Operation Eagle Angel. The State Guard, Air Force, and first responders are all coming together for training exercises to help prepare them for any disaster. It's taking place at the North Auxiliary Airfield in Orangeburg County over the next few days. The types of exercises vary from how to respond to a hurricane to communication systems being down. Officials say this weekend is not a pass-fail type thing, but rather gives them a better understanding about what they can do to improve. Alongside of us are all these other agencies that have not done this type of exercise together in the state of South Carolina. So we're bringing all the assets together of the state and we're flexing them to a degree and learning how to work with each other. The operation is set to wrap up June 4th. Carlson wants you to share your thoughts on a property in West Ashley near the North Bridge that once held the old Piggly Wiggly. The city bought that property back in 2018 and demolished the store and ever since that lot has remained empty. But now the city is preparing to present three different options on how they plan to develop the site. Each option has a different cost. According to the city, that will be paid for through taxes collected from parking revenue. Charleston Mayor John Tecklenburg says the public's input is crucial to help city council decide which direction to go. What we're really seeking, the vision for the property, is to have a gathering place for families uh, with some restaurants, coffee shops, a civic place where uh, we could have some civic meetings, but also um, uh, entertainment venue, uh, small performances, a Friday night movie, for example, where families can gather and have some fun. A public meeting will be held this coming Thursday at 5 p.m. To discuss the plans, council is expected to vote on the three options June 20th. With the busy summer ahead, Isle of Palms police say they are cracking down on golf cart violations. So far this year, police say, say there have been 31 golf cart involved incidents. That's nearly double compared to this time last year. Police say they are starting to notice golf carts on roads that they're not supposed to be on, like the connector. According to officials, driving on prohibited roads is extremely dangerous and can cause a traffic hazard. Stores on IOP that rent out golf carts say they make a point of letting customers know the rules of using golf carts on the island. We have a map that we give every customer that comes through the shop and it shows them the designated routes that they can take, mainly back roads. We don't want anyone, you know, riding down the main streets, which we have labeled on all the carts as well. The police department is also reminding drivers that open container and DUI laws still apply when operating golf carts. New electric vehicle charging stations are now open to the public in Charleston County. It's all thanks to a partnership between the county, the Charleston County Public Library, and the Charleston County Parks Commission. The initiative is part of a movement to improve the county's carbon footprint. 
New chargers will cost users $1.32 to help cover the electricity costs. Pride Month is officially underway. It's a time to remember the Stonewall Uprising and unrest in New York, where police and patrons of a gay bar clashed before it turned into a riot. Advocates here in Charleston say a lot has changed since then, but they still feel some tension with state lawmakers in South Carolina. They say just this year, state lawmakers introduced 19 anti-LGBTQ plus bills, none of which passed. Advocates say the bills range from banning certain curriculums in schools to putting restrictions on gender-affirming care. Advocates hope this month can serve as a way to further educate people about what's happening in their community. The current climate right now in South Carolina is a little bit scary for a lot of our queer youth. A lot of our queer youth feel that their rights are being taken away. However, like I said, we are family. We are here to provide that space. We're here to provide these validations for these youth. It's so important for a lot of folks to educate themselves on what's going on in the queer community, but also be the true ally, not just this month, but all year long. There will be several Pride events throughout the Lowcountry this month. One of the first will be the Charleston Pride Parade that's happening downtown tomorrow. At the top of the show, I mentioned that the arcade game Donkey Kong made its debut on this date in 1981. The game revolves around a giant ape who kidnaps a damsel in distress. The damsel in question was originally named Lady, but would later be known as Pauline. Celebrating birthdays is Friday. Actor Ron Ely, who played the lead in old Tarzan movies, is 85. Actor Stacey Keach is 82. Actor Jerry Mathers, otherwise known as the Beaver from the sitcom Leave it to Beaver, is 75. And comedian Dana Carvey is 68. Thank you so much for joining us for Morning Y'all, powered by Live 5 News. I'm Katie Kamen. I hope you have a great Friday and a great weekend. I'll talk to you Monday. Morning Y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.